I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is Tommy Moore! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, and Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly. It is officially Christmas Eve in rugby terms. We are on the precipice of kickoff in the Six Nations and joining me to look ahead to it for the final time, if you like, is a very busy Murray Kinsella. Murray, tell us whereabouts in the world are you and how are you? I'm very good. I'm in Faro Airport, about to fly into Bristol to get to Cardiff, obviously for, for the game. We've had a great week here. It's been really nice and relaxed around the Ireland coaches and players obviously the sunshine has helped a little um, less media attention I suppose and it's, yeah it's been a it's been a good build up they've been in flying form Andy Farrell said it's been the, the best prep they've ever done for a campaign in his uh, tenure so far so they feel they're in a good place but uh, they've flagged repeatedly what awaits them in Cardiff so I can't wait to get over there get back into the principality for the first time with a proper crowd you know, and the roof closed since, what, 2017 for, for me. So really excited about this weekend. Can you give people a glimpse into what your working week was like and I guess what you guys were able to get up to, journalists, in your spare time over in Portugal? Yeah, I actually just uh, put together a, a newsletter for, for members of the 42, so I get the, the full version. Um, yeah, it's been a brilliant week, like 15 degrees, 16 degrees every day, blue skies, absolutely beautiful. Where Ireland are training is a great setup. Um, a couple of us four of us rented a villa it's like very quiet around Quinta de Lago uh, resort at this time of year so you're able to get a decent house for cheap so we were staying in like it was kind of ludicrous to be honest it was beautiful a swimming pool out the front the bedroom I stayed in was bigger than my house back home um, so that was lovely and yeah there was a few recommendations from the Ireland coaching staff about where to go get food and stuff and obviously some great restaurants around the place so you're you're finding a lot of words like I don't know how many thousand words I filed this week and, and more to come, obviously, but it is certainly enjoyable as well. And as I said, like, they're just more relaxed when they're away and, and the weather is good. I think anyone who's been reading this stuff will probably have enjoyed it because the, the players and coaches have spoken really well and they've been quite open and even just more sociably accepting of the journalists. Sometimes it can be a bit of an adversarial relationship, naturally enough, as it should be at times, I would say. <clears throat> but... um. Yeah, it's been nice to be in a little bit more relaxed setting with them. You know, those chats pre and post interviews when the when the dictaphone's not on. Um, so it, it's been brilliant on and off the pitch. Big talking point in Ireland's team to face Wales is obviously the absent absence, excuse me, of Tyke Furlong. We had a question here from Jason Flynn Wall. He wondered, do you think Furlong's injury might be more of a concern than Ireland are letting on currently? Yeah, I do have that sneaking suspicion. He was running around earlier this week and the expectation was that he would be in the, the team. So whether there was a little setback or he just felt I'm not fully there yet where I thought I'd be um, is unclear, to be honest. They, they say they're hopeful I'll be back for, for the France game, but you never know. I mean, clearly this calf issue has, has niggled away and niggled away. He's had a few different injury issues. It's been a really tough run for him. We spoke on... Wednesday or Monday about the Lions I think it was Monday's members pod about the effect of of the Lions tour on players and, and we continue to see that it it certainly feels like he's just had a really tough run since that tour in South Africa you saw another couple of players from that squad even being dropped by Scotland in, in Ali Price and, and Chris Harris onto the bench so it definitely has a toll and look fingers crossed he, he gets back soon it's it's massive for Ireland having Tyg Furlong fit and firing he's completely world class and makes him a better team so 
they'll be hopefully he's back for that France game because that's going to be another massive test. That being said, if there were any lingering questions around Finney Bielham's capability at this level, it feels as though he's answered them by now, and particularly in November against South Africa, right? Like, are you going into this game with a sense of comfort uh, all the while, aware obviously that Furlong is is a big loss, but just the fact that you've got a guy with twenty something caps there who actually performs well for Ireland when he's called upon. Yeah, the most recent evidence will fill Ireland with confidence. They clearly have great belief in him. As you say, that South Africa match, a 40-minute shift against the world champions was really impressive. He's obviously come on in five of the All Blacks matches, four which were wins, shorter stints off the bench, but um, he's done well there. He's only had four starts for Ireland, which is it's kind of strange for a guy who hits 31, but that's because he's had Tyke Furlong ahead of him for the entire time. And, and no one's going to displace Tyke Furlong because he's just such a, a high-level prop. Bielham has definitely grown, even as a, a personality, I think. He's a very popular guy in the squad now, and um, there's great respect for, for what he can do on the pitch. So his form is excellent. Listen, it's it, it, it's obvious to say, but it is a blow not having Tyke Furlong, and there's no two ways around that. I know you can highlight the positives, but they would prefer have Tyke Furlong fit and firing. There's a, there's a small bit of doubt. There is. He's never started a Six Nations game, and... Of course, Wales are going to be looking at it, aren't they? They're going to think, right, Tyg Furlan's missing. Let's go after this. We were already talking about the scrum, so let's go after this. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a big chance for Finley Bielham to continue to, to prove himself. Um, and it could be a massive uh, green tick again on his CV that he, he goes to Cardiff and, and does a really good job. So that'll be interesting. Also, Tom O'Toole on the bench. What a massive step up for him. You know, he doesn't start for Ulster. It's, they're still waiting for him to to kick on there and, and Farrell alluded to that yesterday he said you can't always just be waiting on potential so that's almost a, a, a challenge I think to O'Toole to, to get in there and, and get going because he's had Marty Moore ahead of him Jeffrey Tumanga Allen as we've seen recently has come in and, and, and getting the starts at tight head so that would be a, a huge one if O'Toole has to go for a, a decent stint off the bench so I think you can't argue that it weakens Ireland but they have belief certainly in Bielham there weren't really any other points of contention in that Ireland team or there probably weren't uh, too many question marks around any of the positions apart from inside centre which I think between you guys as a press pack you'd figured out really that Stuart McCloskey was likely to get the nod uh, in Andy Farrell's starting 15 which he does um, I have a question here then in relation to Bundy Aki from one of our members Ian uh, he said he'd be interested in your thoughts on Aki at 23 especially with Carberry not being involved Whereas in the past, he would have been able to cover 15 as well, uh, if called upon. So Ian says a back three injury would mean a bit of a reshuffle. Do you have an idea as to how that would shape up? I guess it would be dependent as well on obviously who would be injured in that equation. Yeah, it would. I think they have enough. Someone asked us about Gary Ringrose on the wing earlier in the week, one of our members. And that is obviously an option in the 23. And Hansen can play 15. James Lowe has even played 15 a bit before. Bundy can cover both centre slots albeit he prefers 12 we were talking about that over here Andy Farrell more focuses on the, the positive the potential positive scenarios of Bundy being on the bench like an explosive powerful certainly motivated at the moment high quality proven test centre coming off the bench as he did against Australia that Wallabies game in November and making a, a major impact he scored a try that day he was full of energy and, and that's what Farrell focused on more so than what are the potential scenarios and listen they'll have gone through that of course and, and that's important in Test Roby but he more thinks about the, the good side of this and that's the thing that's impressed me again even with Bielham he said this is, this is a good thing for us 
you know now we find out about these guys he's not yeah privately he's probably thinking I, I wish I'd furlong but he's not projecting that thought into the squad and into the players he's feeling Bealing full of confidence he's feeling his, feeling his team full of confidence when Johnny Sexton got injured against the Wallabies before the Wallabies game rather he said this is good you know let's find out about Jack Crowley right now in this pressure situation and I think that's a really positive way of framing things that, that Farrell applies to to all aspects it's you know it's becoming clearer and clearer that that mental side of the game is his big area of focus I know we talk about their attack a lot and it has been game leading but he puts so much time and thought into his players mental headspace and, and how strong they are in that regard so listen uh, yeah, I, I think there, there, you know, there, you could be a, uh, there could be a tricky reshuffle in there, but you also could get Bundyaki coming on and changing the game. Adjacent to that, then here's one from Theo: ignoring injuries and the return of Furlong, Henshaw, etc. Does Murray think it's actually a priority in Farrell's mind to get minutes or caps into players outside of his 23, or excuse me, outside of this 23? Do we see him just trying to build an incredibly settled side for the year that's in it? Or will we see Crowley, Osborne, Baird, Larmer, etc. given a shot? And does he believe Joey has a way back? I personally think not at this point. It's looking like it will be very hard for wider squad players to break into this 23 and even harder for players outside to get into the squad. And he also adds his own two cents. For what it's worth, I have a personal suspicion that Farrell will try his hardest to get Earls a cap so that he can find him another in the World Cup warm-ups, making him a centurion before he ultimately doesn't get to go to France, which is an interesting theory and probably one that a lot of us would subscribe to, actually. I have the exact same theory, yeah, and he definitely wants to get 200 caps. He's got massive respect for Keith Earls, as we've discussed before, so I think that's a good shout from Theo. On the first part... Yeah, I think his priority is to pick the best players now and try and win every game and not not worry as much about that squad building, which is always going on in the background around training and planning your depth chart. But he just wants to win Six Nations games and he's going to pick the team he feels is best shaping up to do that. Maybe in the Italy game, you, you have a little bit of rotation, even your, your bench slots potentially. I don't think the, the first team will change massively. But he has already kind of done this, hasn't he? You know, think about the change in that team over the last the three years of his tenure like Caelan Doris now is an essential figure Hugo Keane and Dan Shee and Ronan Keller when he's available uh, Tyke Byrne has become a, a really important international player when he was a fringe guy before uh, I'm obviously missing a number Jamison Gibson Park a great example really influential figure so he's done a lot of that the, the change in the team has been quite drastic quietly um, and, and that's maybe li- missed a little bit um, but the, the guys mentioned there are really exciting as well and They'll earn those those chances if if they get them. It's not just let's throw this young lad in and, and see how he goes. Um, then on the Carberry thing, yeah, I, it is going to be really fascinating. Obviously, injury opens the door very quickly if if that happens. But it's interesting some of the language they've used around their out halves and what they like to see from them around the the demanding nature of the personalities that are there, the the bossiness, the the leadership, the ownership of the team. Some of the phrases that that Farrell has used and I think that's probably what they want to see from Joey they want to see him be more assertive and certain in his direction of the team um, and that's away from the, the technical tactical side of things so that's the challenge for him is to be really assertive for Munster every time he's on the pitch now look like the boss because that's what Farrell wants to see like he he clearly plays great store in body language things like that that's what he's been talking about this week so um, that's the challenge for Joey what about the challenge awaiting Ireland then in Cardiff? Michael Halpenny, 
uh, says, given the amount of time that Gatland has had to prepare, I expect Wales to target our set piece. How does Murray expect that we'll hold up there? And what are the chances that we'll see a 13-man line-out on Saturday? <laughs> That'd be brilliant, yeah. Well, I hope we see that. I hope we see a few nice trick plays up the both coaches' sleeves. Um, yeah, like we discussed it on Monday and, and, and Birch's big concern was the scrum and that's been the, <clears throat> the little flaw in, in Ireland's armoury and it's given up important scrum penalties. Carl Dixon is going to be an important figure this, this weekend. He's the referee and his calls around that area will be fascinating. I think line wise they're looking in good shape. Uh, James Ryan has really grown, I think, and has embraced that role of, of leading a little bit more. Ty Byrne does it in Munster as well, so they've got a lot of um, the, the phrase du, du jour, intellectual property in that area, um, as well as Peter O'Mahony's obvious ability there. So I think you'll see them be aggressive on, on the Welsh ball, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't solid uh, on Ireland's ball then. It'll be fascinating. Restart's another massive one. And there's lots of areas like that that we don't know for sure how Ireland will, will challenge or handle the challenge that Wales are going to throw them. The, the breakdown is one I'm really fascinated about. And actually, we're, we're going to hear a clip from Owen talking about that area of, of the weekend because it's going to be really interesting with that Welsh back row pick. Here's Owen Tulin. We mentioned the breakdown. Clearly, that's an area opposition teams are going after to try and stem the flow of, of that speed of possession, which which once Ireland get into it, they're just so effective and, and difficult to stop. So I think really great shout from Stefan in terms of that, that breakdown battle is going to be massive, particularly the, the two back rows. But yeah, I, I would expect Ireland to kind of wear probably first 20, 25 minutes is going to be hot. And I think you would think Ireland's systems that they have in place will will generally start to wear down Wales, as we said, with a with a lack of time and, and a real deep understanding around how they're going to play. And 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 I think particularly the two benches, whichever way Ireland select, I think Ireland probably have a little bit of a point of difference there in terms of who will be able to bring on last 25, 30 minutes to to really impact the game and, and, and probably stretch maybe a little bit beyond that that 10 point spread. Mm. You've teed it up beautifully. I'm going to ask you the same question as we asked Steph, but in terms of Ireland, what are you predicting for this championship? Yeah, I, I think the slam will be difficult. I think it's probably it's probably the tightest Six Nations in a while. In a while, if you reflect, reflect on Italy beating the Wallabies uh, in November, um, Scotland probably should have beaten the All Blacks. Absolutely hammered a really indisciplined Argent, Argentina side. We know England have their woes, but but they're going to bounce back under Borthwick. That, I think that's probably the the big theme, isn't it? How how the new coaches bound or uh, bet in with uh, England and and Wales particularly. Um, but I. I I have a strong suspicion Ireland will win a championship. I, I, I think the France game will obviously be crucial. Andy Farrell needs to, to tick that box and, and have a win over France. But potentially a slam might be a bridge too far. But yeah, I, I'd be hopeful we could win a, win a Six Nations. That was Owen Toulon on Wednesday's members pod. Stefan Thomas was on that as well, giving the Welsh perspective. He's absolutely brilliant. And it's members.the42.e if you want to sign up there for all of the additional podcasts we'll be doing throughout the course of the Six Nations. As we wind down here, Murren, as you uh, prepare to run for your flight, uh, give me a sort of a, a level of nerves or angst that you're feeling for this game, if indeed there is one. If I was asking on a scale of like one to five, how concerned are you by this Welsh challenge? Um, what is the level of threat that they pose to Ireland? Three, I guess. The, the recent record isn't good. Ireland have lost the last four Six Nations visits to Wales. And 
that's kind of jarring, isn't it? Lost three of their last four visits in, in total. And it is, it is a, a tough place to, to go and play. The, the home crowd factor is massive. I almost am a little bit worried that Ireland have over-focused on it because every single one of them has mentioned it this week, how much of a cauldron it's going to be, how much, um, how much of a challenge that would be and how last year in Paris they struggled with that incredible volume that was there. Um, loads of these guys haven't played in the Principality Stadium with a crowd, so that'll be a new aspect of it. Although I do like, again, the way Farrell said, let's close the roof, let's... let's bring on the best atmosphere and let's see how, how my players handle it I think that's a, an excellent way of framing it so there's there's those little nagging doubts but at the same time you kind of go through the, the squad lists even individually I'm not sure there are too many of that Welsh 23 who would nudge ahead of, of the Irish players if you're picking a say a combined team um, I really don't and their cohesion is on a different level altogether I mean this Welsh team is just coming back together yes there's a lot of experience a lot of guys who know each other but such a short build-up to, to get things right. Um, Gallen did a, a column in The Telegraph just underlining that it's all about the physicality for him. So I do expect it to be brutal, but I think Ireland should have confidence. They're going to Cardiff in a very different place now. They're coming into this championship in a very different place. So I did get that sense that they, they have that bounce of self-belief and I think they have enough quality to, to get over the line. And even if it's scrappy and narrow and nail-biting it's all about just starting with that win and getting on a roll France and Italy in action as well obviously France should win that let's not go there yet we can chat about it on Monday a word or as many words as you'd like on England Scotland how do you see that one playing out I wouldn't mind seeing a Scotland win again to be honest they've had a, a good run of it recently it's an interesting selection from Borthwick it looks so different and he's kind of gone for club form guys who are playing well for their clubs which as we've seen with Ireland and other teams, isn't always relevant to, to the other head coaches. Um, I think they're right to go 10-12, Smith and Farrell again. I actually think there's there's potentially massive upside in that combination and both of them are worth having on the pitch. I think with a little bit more of a solid base in front of them, around them, they can they can work some magic. So, listen, I probably expect England to, to start off well. I think they have a nice run of fixtures, how, how it sits up, but... Yeah, the Scots have every reason to have their tails up for this one. We will let you go for the moment. Catch you on Monday and go well in Cardiff. Thanks, Milgav. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Yeah, have a great one, everybody. It's finally here and we will be back on Monday for members looking over all of those Six Nations games. Anything that pops up along the way, fire us on your questions as well. I'm Gavin at the 42.ie. Murray is Murray at the 42.ie and we can get to a few of those on Monday. Uh, have a great weekend. Mind yourselves. Take it easy. <laughs> Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Driver's got names for the two double barrels He spits out, breaths out, only smokes carols And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit You better hear it, I fear it Oh, that's the spirit Saying sister, sister, how I miss you, miss you Let's go wrist to wrist and take your skin off of my whisper If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar Doesn't matter what you are Get yourself a good car, get out of here Yeah Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land 
the boys in the vessel lab. But the boys in the vessel lab, you're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Names to fill two double barrels. He spits out, breaks out, only smokes carols. And he's the best in the world in mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. You better hear it, that spirit. Ah, that's the spirit. Saying this, the sister, how I missed you, missed you. Let's go wrist to wrist. So take the skin off of us, mister. If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you add, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about those boys in the better land. The boys in a better life.